Our guest this week is Zach Quick, a full-time self-storage investor focused on value-add facilities in the Midwest. He and his wife began their real estate investing journey by building a portfolio of residential and multifamily properties before their pivot into self-storage. Zach worked for two Fortune 500 companies related to retail and staffing management. After selling their residential portfolio and purchasing several self-storage properties, Zach jumped into the role of investor full-time. In this episode, we get a rundown on Zach's first self-storage deal and how he has grown his portfolio from zero to seven facilities in just two years. I'm Neil Henderson, and this is The Road to Family Freedom. Before we begin this week's show, I'd like to make you an offer, a free 30-minute call with me. We've been doing weekly chats with other real estate investors for months now, and the response has been great, but we're going to change things up a bit and focus. We are buying self-storage facilities. We have a great partner in North Carolina with a great track record of success, a background in construction, and we're partnering up to help him expand his portfolio. If you have an interest in learning more about investing in self-storage, on the active side, on the passive side, whatever your level of interest, we want to talk to you. There's no pitch here. We're not selling a coaching program. This is just a chance for us to network with other investors interested in self-storage. Also, if you're a current self-storage owner, we'd love to chat with you and perhaps have you as a guest on our show. If all that sounds like something you'd be interested in, go to roadtofamilyfreedom.com slash self-storage call and schedule a call there. I look forward to speaking with you. All right, enough out of us. Let's hit the road to family freedom. Zach Quick, welcome to the road to family freedom. Hey, Neil. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Absolutely. It's really good. Uh, it's good to finally meet you. We've been trying to get this one scheduled for a little while, and I'm glad our schedule's finally aligned. So I agree. I agree. I'm a fan of the show, so thanks well, thank again. You. Well, thank you. Uh, so you started your real estate investing journey by building a residential portfolio um, over about five years. Can you walk us through the sort of quick, quick and dirty version of how you found your way into real estate and how you built that portfolio? Yeah. Um, so um, graduated college in, um, in 2010, and I always knew I wanted to do some kind of um, investing at that point. I wasn't sure if that was stocks, real estate, uh, all the above. And so I kind of uh, did a little bit of both. And then um, I got transferred uh, for a job uh, down further and kind of decided that uh, wanted to wanted to buy a home. And initially, my wife and I were looking at a duplex. And, uh, you know, we were kind of on a tight timeline and, and no duplexes that were listed really worked. And uh, luck would have it one day, a, <clears throat> a house with a garage apartment uh, was listed and it was close to where I was going to be working and, uh, liked it, thought it was a good fit. And so that was kind of first, uh, foray into real estate. Um, and, and just had that for about, um, 10 months or so. And then, uh, started, started buying a single family and then, uh, just as a rental. And then we kind of just transitioned into duplexes and triplexes and, and, 
slightly larger um, to where to where we had uh, 28 units. Um, and that was all just her and I. Um, the largest was a 12-unit apartment, and um, and most of that was re- uh, was located in southeast Kansas, which is where we were living at the time. Um, and then a couple units were in Tulsa, which was where our first purchase was. But um, so yeah, so then kind of for lack of better words, felt stuck uh, once we got there. Uh, kind of fell out of money and. Uh, and kind of like I was still writing too many checks, uh, for at the point I was at, um, or at least that's how we felt. So, uh, so then, uh, yeah, kind of, uh, light bulb storage moment when I was writing with, um, on a family vacation in Tennessee, uh, these bright blue storage doors, um, you know, you drive by thousands of storage facilities, your life, but you never think twice about them. And then for one reason, for some reason that day I did, um, and then did a bunch of research and, uh, researched for about a year, uh, until our first purchase, which was about, uh, almost two years today. Um, well, pretty close. Um, and then to where fast forward now, we sold our last rental actually about three weeks ago. Uh, so sold all 28, uh, residential units. And now we have, uh, six storage facilities and getting ready to close on the seventh, uh, here in the next couple of weeks. Well, you're living up to your name. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 uh, it, I, I am admittedly not very good at, uh, doing things half speed, which, uh, has consequences at times, but, um, I'm in, I'm, I'm going for it. Gotcha. So I want to, I want to backtrack just a little bit. Um, why did you, what, what is it, what was it about re- residential real estate that made you feel stuck? I think, uh, as I look back it, it, um, <laughs> and maybe it's that patience thing that we were just kind of, uh, poking at, but, uh, I think for some, in some ways it felt too slow. Um, you know, I think a lot of people, when, when you hear like 28 units, they're like, Oh, like you, you know, um, and, and I don't say that as a slight to anyone that has that many, because we certainly made a lot of mistakes that, uh, I'm sure a lot of people would have done better to get to those 28 units. But, um, you know, we were trying to buy value add, um, you know, duplexes and things like that, that, uh, buy at a good price, do some rehab, um, and, and then, you know, rent them out and all that good stuff. But, um, I, for me in some ways, um, other than finding decent deals, um, I didn't really feel like I added a lot of value. Um, and it, and you know, with rentals, it's one of those things you get a tenant in there and, uh, you really can't do anything about it, which is, which is a positive and a negative in a way you can't really add value, uh, to the property. Um, and you just kind of hope that 12 months later, uh, you know, it's in decent condition and you don't have to, uh, <laughs> you know, spend a whole bunch of money to, to get it back to that same condition that you got it. So, um, so, so yeah, so I, I think that answers your question. Yeah. Well, it, you know, one of the things I love about commercial real estate over residential real estate is with residential real estate, there's this real squishy kind of, you know, comparative market analysis to come up with, you know, the value, you know, and you could pour, uh, you know, anybody who's ever done a burr or a house flip, you know, you, you buy a property for a set price and then you, you know, you put a bunch of money into it and then you, you sit there and you, you're on pins and needles until the appraisal comes, comes back and tells you how much value they, the market thinks you've added. Whereas with commercial real estate, it's all the values all based on, 
on the income. And so, you know, if you're able to, you know that the formula is if I push the income up, I've increased my cash flow and I've also increased the value of the property. Yeah. And, um, and, and I, again, uh, thought we found some good deals and I'm, I'm not handy. So it's not like we were the ones, uh, swinging the hammer or doing anything like that. But, um, you know, and there were even times that, um, I would probably drive my wife a little bit crazy that I'd be on like biz buy sell looking at, uh, should we buy this random business, uh, that I don't know anything about, but surely I could figure it out. Um, we never really did. Um, but, uh, you know, as I've come to find, as I came to find out, um, storage to me is a great hybrid of, of both. It truly is a business. Um, and, and it has all the benefits of real estate attached to it. So, uh, so it's kind of been a, a, a perfect marriage, so to speak of what we were looking for. Cause obviously, you know, we understood the, you know, all the benefits of even just residential real estate investing, uh, long-term it's, it's, it's great for wealth building and great for tax shelter and all of the above. Um, but, uh, for us, for what we found with storage was we still get more cash flow and faster cash flow and all of those things that I mentioned before too. Yeah. Well, and it, you, you left your W2 job, uh, just recently, correct? Uh, it's been about 14 months. So yeah, not, not too long ago. Yeah. Well, the other thing to, to remember that I try to remind people is that, you know, to buy commercial real estate, you don't typically need a W2, uh, right. you know, and so one of the problems that residential real estate investors run into is once they sort of get to a certain level and they decide, okay, well, I'm going to walk away from my W2, uh, financing becomes a lot harder, uh, even though you may have, $5,000 a month in cash flow from multiple rental properties, it really, uh, it can become a real challenge. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that, um, was still a hesitancy or somewhat of a concern for me as I, as we left, but, um, you know, we, I mean, we've closed on, uh, we closed on two this last January. Um, and so, and I, and I didn't have a job and it really wasn't even a topic of conversation. So, um, so again, they're, you know, as long as they have their, the bank has their, your skin in the game and they feel trusted in you as an operator. Uh, that's a lot more important. Cause I mean, and to be frank, um, unless you have a super high paying job, which I didn't have a super, I had a decent, I had decent jobs, um, a lot better than a lot of people. So I'm not complaining, but it, they were never, uh, extremely lucrative, um, as by some standards. So, um, I guess what I'm saying is you know, a lot of commercial, it's not, even if I'm a terrible operator, it's not like I was making enough to bankroll the note payment myself anyway. So, uh, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So, uh, tell us about that first, the very first facility you bought, uh, you know, what were the numbers on it? How large was it? What was the purchase price and things like that? Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, it's a, primarily a boat and RV storage facility in Rogers, Arkansas. Um, so it had about 37,000 square feet, um, of enclosed. So fully enclosed every, every, uh, you know, full, full size doors and all that good stuff. And then it had about, um, about, Oh, 90 parking spots, roughly. 
um and then it had a a big uh, acre yeah uh it's about four acres but they had a full acre that they um that honestly wasn't developed he hadn't done anything with yet he had bought that extra acre a while back but um he he was older and just had decided nothing to do with it but uh, we bought it for 1.5 1.5 even um, and we actually 1031 our selling unit um, apartment complex, which was honestly kind of our plan the whole, the whole time. The year before we were researching was we were going to sell this 12 unit and then try and use that to catapult into storage. And so, um, it, so uh, he had a website, but it really wasn't, uh, it was very primitive. You couldn't really do anything. You just had a phone number on there. Um, he was self-managing didn't really take books um was undercharging and he knew it um he had another insurance business where he was really making his money this was just kind of a um and as you'll <laughs> he liked had, he had a lot of storage stuff himself um so uh he was used he's still the largest tenant actually so uh it's funny how that works but <laughs> um anyway so uh, so, you know, we thought there was a lot of value, loved the, the location. Um, you really can't get much closer to the actual lake entrance um, from where we're at. Uh, so, I mean, you can literally hook, hook up your boat and you can be in the water within a couple minutes. Um, so, uh, felt really good about that. Felt really good about the tenant class that we would be having, especially with no real uh, storage experience before and, and what that would look like. And so um, fast forward another year, roughly, um, we ended up adding that extra acre I was talking about. We added about 13,000 square feet to it, um, and which lost some of the parking, but obviously the rent per square foot's a lot higher on the enclosed stuff. And um, I, I actually got, um, we have a couple of billboards on the property as well. Um, we've almost doubled all of the rents at this point. And so, um, and if since he seller financed it originally, which was also a nice, um, nice intro. Um, and, and then we've since seller fin- or financed him out with a long-term bank debt. So, um, still hold that one today. It's a great cash flowing property and, uh, still love the location just as much. So, um, we got, we got really lucky on that one, to be honest with you. I, I, I know it's funny how much, I mean, everyone says they know so much now compared to what they did before, but, uh, that is definitely the case, um, on that one, but it, but it's come full circle and, and been a good pop- property for us. Well, I mean, that's most people, you know, we often talk about people telling people not to try and hit a home run their first time out on any new investing strategy. And that sounds to me like pretty close to a home run hit. (laughs) Uh, Yes. I mean, it didn't feel like it for the first uh, now, I don't know, six, seven months, um, just because. Uh, again, with poor books, you, you think you have a good idea. Um, but, um, I, you know, you find out a little later, there might've been a little bit worse than that. But again, one of the benefits of storage is it's all month to month. Um, so, uh, you rectify those things a lot faster than you could with residential stuff. If, if someone was on a year lease at a hundred dollars less than what you thought in an apartment, you're kind of in a really tough spot. Whereas if someone's you know, 30 or $40 less than what you thought in a storage facility, you can, you can fix that pretty quickly. Yeah. So, um, but, uh, but yes, and it, and, and again, uh, demographics certainly help there. This is a, 
uh, you know, there's three Fortune 100 companies here. There's it's a factory. There's it's by a big recreational lake, which again we knew all that going in, um, but it, it certainly helps. Gotcha. gotcha. Um, so, so you 1031 from the sale of your 12 unit. Uh, sale price was 1.5 million. Uh, what would you say? I mean, what was the number that you had to come to the table with? Uh, it was actually about $101,000 actually. So, um, again, he, we built a lot of rapport with him. Um, he didn't really want to pay all of his capital gain. Again, he had a very lucrative, uh, other insurance business where he was probably our favor. And, uh, he trusted the dirt and the real estate that, uh, and I think he was also pretty confident that we would run it better than he would. Uh, so, um, so yeah, so it was kind of more or less, I don't, I think that's like seven or 8% down, um, which is, which was a great deal at the time. Um, again, that means pretty much zero cash flow those first six, seven, eight months, but we knew, we knew that going in. So, um, so yeah, so yeah. And that was, um, uh, let's see here. Yeah. And I think our note at the time that he gave us was five or six, I think it's 6%. Um, so not terrible either. And he was, um, as helpful as he could be despite the poor books. He was a, he was a pretty good partner in it, uh, in the transition stage. So, uh, so yeah. Uh, how did you find it? So uh, that, that full year before we bought a facility, um, I basically started an Excel spreadsheet, um, and anything within probably a three hour radius of, of where we were at the time, which was Southeast Kansas, um, that I thought, you know, uh, might be within our realm or might be, um, you know, lack a little bit of, or, or, or there might be some value add in some way, shape or form. Um, and then once, once the, uh, once our apartment complex looks like it was going to go under contract, we just started doing letters. So, uh, sent him a couple letters. Um, we got really close to a different facility, uh, actually made an offer and thought that was going to be the one and it didn't end up working out. Um, and then this guy called me late on a Tuesday evening. Uh, wife and I met him like the next morning at nine o'clock, talked with him for like three hours. Um, and then we pretty much shook hands and that was it. So, um, he was probably, what's that? He wanted out. Yes, he was, he was ready. Um, we, uh, we, we feel pretty lucky cause he hadn't, he hadn't listed it or anything like that. And I don't think he had intentions to do so. Um, but again, I think, uh, uh, it, yeah, just timing one of those things that works out for you. Yeah. Uh, with your mailers, were you ever doing any, uh, follow-up calls to people or were you just blasting out those mailers and waiting for your phone to ring? Uh, both. We would, if, if I felt like I could get an owner on the phone, um, I would certainly try, you know, there's a lot of, you know, gatekeepers, so to speak, or, uh, or they just don't answer the phone or never get back with you. But, uh, to this day I, I do the same thing. I mean, I've, I've got a much larger spreadsheet that, um, everyone on that spreadsheet gets a piece of mail. Um, but, I've also got a little, you know, have you called them recently or have you tried to call them recently um, as well that I try and go through uh, periodically too. And it's, it's the same challenge, but, um, but it pays dividends. It, it works. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I've always find that, you know, that letter may not be the thing that actually triggers, you know, any kind of a deal to happen, but the letter at least provides some intro into 
it's now not necessarily a cold call. You're saying, hey, I sent you a letter. Um, what, I'm not sure whether you've had a chance to look at it, but I'm interested in buying your facility. And they'll go, oh, yeah, I remember your letter. You know, it's yeah. not just this random phone call that, you know, bugs them in the middle of the night. So, yep. No, you're, you're exactly right. And I think it kind of, uh, for most of them, it kind of butters them up, so to speak. And I'll, and I'll literally say, hey, I'm, uh, I'm, I just wanted you to know that I'm a, I'm a real person. Uh, I'm not just some like, you know, spam letter or what, you know, whatever it may be. So, um, and I think that that also helps for, for sure. Yeah. We often, uh, include a photo. I almost always, all my mailers almost always have a picture of me and my family. Uh, and, uh, and I think that's good. Yeah. Yeah. And that tends, I think that tends to, uh, you know, it tends to help just a little bit. So they're not think you're some faceless corporation that's out there trying to gobble up all the self-storage facilities. So, yeah. Um, so is, it's in a resort area. Is it a seasonal market at all? No. So, um, it, it's a, it's a very recreational lake, but it's also got a lot of fishing as well. Um, but, but, but truth be told, it's 10 minutes from the downtown Rogers area. So it's not, um, and there, and it's surrounded by lake homes as well too. So it's really not, um, seasonal at all, to be honest with you. Uh, not, I mean, granted it still gets cold here during the winters and no one's on the water, but, um, but we don't really have wild fluctuations in occupancy or anything like that. No, that's good. That was, it's always, I, I've looked at a couple of facilities where it's a very seasonal market. It's always difficult trying to agree on what the occupancy is. You know, they go, Oh no, occupancy is 90%. It's like, yeah, in the summer, in the winter, it's 50. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, no, luckily, uh, we didn't really have any, we haven't had, and I don't anticipate any of those issues. And, um, up the hill, literally from where we bought, um, a couple of years before that, well, yeah, a couple of years before that, someone had built probably 90,000 square, no, it's more than that now, 90,000 square feet of boat and RV storage. So I had a pretty good idea that, uh, and this, and the one we bought is better located, just meaning that it's closer to the water. Um, so I, I felt pretty good that there was demand. Gotcha. Um, so how are, how are you managing that facility? Yeah. So, so now I have, um, a couple facilities with onsite managers. Um, and one of my onsite managers basically gets those phone calls for that facility as well. So, uh, another, the facility she manages is, is about 42,000 square feet. Um, it already had an office and it's, it's traditional storage. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, so she, she gets those calls forward to her as well. Um, and at, I find that that works really well. I know a lot of people like call centers and I will use, utilize call centers again at some point, but more, I am trying to grow to where it's more, I have on sites and call centers are, um, in addition to the on sites, not necessarily replacing. Um, but, and again, another plus is like, she's actually physically been to the, to the site that she's taking the calls for. Um, I can, you know, I can like send her a video or, or a picture or my maintenance guy can send her a video or a picture and, and it, it, she's been there. Um, so I do think that that makes a difference. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's how we, that's how we do that. But, uh, prior to her, um, I, I'd done the call center thing with that one. I didn't feel like it went great. Um, and, and I think some of that may be just some of the perks of a boat and RV facility is, 
you know, people are really concerned with like, does it have trickle charge? Does it have um, like, how tall is the door? How much uh, back in and out space? And you can put all that on your website and the call center will see it, but that doesn't really, yeah. uh, you know, they're not as confident and it, they don't do as many of those as they do, um, you know, just traditional storage where people don't care as much about the door height. Gotcha. Um, but, uh, and then, and then myself, I would answer, uh, um, and again, I kind of wanted to answer myself to get the reps and truly understand like, what are people asking? Um, what, what are the right things to say and not say when you're trying to sell someone a unit? So, yeah. uh, so all three, I've done all three, but now, um, it's, it's work. It works really well with her. Um, and again, I can, it, it helps me afford, um, um, a better individual to be on site there because I can pay her a little bit, basically a call center fee for, to her. Uh, to take these calls as well. Yeah, when well, there's a lot more accountability, there's a closer yep. accountability. Uh, yep. I mean, there's certainly accountability with a call center, but it's removed a couple of steps. So, yep. Um, yep. And other, yeah. other than that, it's a quick, it's a completely unmanned facility. Correct. Yeah, there was never an office, um, and um, there's there's not even water a water hookup there. So, um, at, and the previous owner had a um, a maintenance guy that uh, would help that lives nearby, and I've I, he's done a really good job. I've used him as well, um, and uh, so yeah, so it, it uh, and it works there. And to be and to be honest with uh, with boat and RV storage, you know, there's three or four months where like, if someone sat in the office, there literally, <laughs> there might be no one that ever came the whole day. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, um, but again, on the flip side, some of those summer weekends, it's, it's a buzz in place. So, yep. um, yeah. yeah. Um, any, uh, any dump station there for RVs or anything like that? No, no. Uh, I've toyed with the idea and I've toyed with getting water hooked up there, but, um, but no, honestly, we, um, the location certainly helps. And it also helps that my competitors up the hill don't have either of those things yeah, too. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and again, we, we do have a fair amount of RVs, but we're primarily boats. Um, so, um, not quite the dump stations are quite as, uh, as asked for, I guess, yeah, but yeah. Gotcha. Any, um, you know, the, the funny thing about the, the COVID pandemic, you know, we're sitting here recording this, uh, in early August and, uh, it's still, you know, going strong is that RV sales have gone through the roof because, yeah. because people can't travel and, so many people yeah. are, you know, are you seeing any kind of a, any kind of effect on that in any of your RV storage? Uh, uh, I mean, demand is still pretty darn good and we've raised our rates a little bit more and people are paying it. So, um, so I, I, I think, um, it certainly hasn't hurt anything on our front. Um, and again, it's a growing area. So that, that, that certainly helps. And a lot of people want to come here and, uh, bring their boat with them or their RV with them. But, um, uh, but yes, you're right. I have, uh, I have, it, it's, I know a couple of the RV dealerships around here have just been, uh, insane. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, so when a potential art, when a, when a potential self-storage facility deal comes across your desk, what is the first thing that you look for when deciding whether or not to dig deeper or not? 
Um, yeah. So I don't, first thing I, there's probably two or three, so I may not answer you directly, but, um, first thing would just be, um, you know, is it on a decently busy road? I don't need like 30,000 vehicles a day, but it's just gotta be a decent thoroughfare. Um, is it, uh, is there a decent size now at this point? Really? I really only am looking for 30,000 square feet and up. Um, there's a couple exceptions to that. If it was really close to one of my existing ones, I'd, I'd bend my rules, but, um, and then as I, as I try and holistically, like look at the properties, like presence online, what does that look like? Is there a presence? Um, and then the biggest thing to me is I try and calculate it as if I'm going to flip it. Uh, that doesn't mean I'm going to, but here are what their rates are. Here's what their average tenant pays. And then if I go down the street or there's a few other competitors and these are what their average rates are, is the spread in between those two worth the squeeze, so to speak. So, um, and, and you, you can't tell all that by the first one, but, uh, there's usually enough, uh, I don't know, cookie crumbs, so to speak, uh, that you can kind of decide if it's something to, that you want to sink your teeth into or not. So, gotcha. Uh, any, as far as, uh, you know, or do you look at supply index, anything like that? I mean, I know, you know, the, you know, the conventional wisdom is anything under what 7.4 is undersupplied, anything over is oversupplied, but then that's very, you know, it's very market specific, you know, are you you doing anything like that? Um, further down the line, I will, uh, you know, do all of that, but, um, I don't, I, I, I mean, one of the ones we bought in January, um, I think the, is 10 or 11, uh, square feet per capita. And, uh, I mean, we've, we're, we're probably, we're probably 40% raised rates since then. And we're still in like 95 plus percent. So it's just one of those things that, uh, you can be very, very, very analytical and you can never do a deal if you just, if you let yourself, um, I mean, I don't, um, I try and cap my expectations if it is a market where it's, where it's maybe a little bit higher, but that, that doesn't scare me, uh, so to speak. So, and, and I don't think anyone has a exact answer other than some populations just use more storage than other populations of, of an area. So, um, so yeah, so, so further down the line, I will. And especially, I mean, I'm more concerned. Are there, is there any more new supply coming? Um, I, I feel like I can get a pretty good grasp on what's already there. And this, this facility down the road manages this way, but they don't have this unit size. So I can probably charge a premium for that unit size as opposed to, uh, uh, as opposed to not. So, um, so yeah, so, so new supply is much more worrisome to me than, uh, than existing. And again, you know, if everybody's 80% full, then, then I don't, you know, I don't really want to be involved, but, um, but yeah. Any tools or, uh, ways that you sort of, uh, track what sort of supply might be coming online? Yeah. I mean, radius plus is a, is, is very helpful. Um, but I, I don't think I, it's just a tool. Um, it's just a piece of the puzzle that, that I, you can't really do any better than like just physically going and talking to all the managers or like calling that same facility in six different voices or six different pitches or with your wife's voice or whatever it may be to, uh, say, well, like, Hey, what do you have open? Um, or, 
in a, uh, in some kind of variety, that question and see where they take you with it. So, uh, and, uh, I, if I can be a pretend customer or if I can at least drive in my car back through a competitor's facility, then, uh, that, that certainly kind of gives you some check marks too, to see, well, how many red locks are there? How many overlocks are there? Um, so, uh, so all of that I, I think is kind of, a um, and then again, talking to the County, and trying to determine, Hey, is any, is anybody else going to build near me or, or in this County or any, anywhere close? So. Gotcha. One of the things I do when I'm secret shopping, the, usually the first call that I'll make to a facility, I'll call on a call and say, Hey, you know, we're moving to the area and we're going to be, you know, we're, we're leaving a six bedroom house and uh, we're going to be moving in with my parents. And I think we're going to store some stuff there, but I'm not sure how much room we're going to have. So Tell me everything you got, basically, you know, yeah, from yeah. your largest to your smallest and just kind of, you know, drag them out that way. And then uh, and but I love that idea. I, that's usually the only thing I do. I think it's a great idea is call back with a different voice and and uh, and have your wife call, have your yep. friend call, whatever. So that's a great idea. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> don't repeat this or don't tell any neighboring facilities, but uh, you'd be surprised at how many uh, facilities gate code is one, two, three, four. Uh, so uh, I, I can say I've been I've got to peek behind the hood, so to speak, a few times without even having to talk to anybody. <laughs> uh, have you ever, uh, you know, just gone and like rented the cheapest uh, unit at a facility so you can go in through go through and count locks? I have, I have. Um, so yeah. And I, all those, I think get you, uh, again, you're, you know, when you're doing your due diligence and, uh, it's just finding as many things to help you either feel better about the deal or feel worse about the deal to walk away from it. So, uh, all the, all those things matter. Uh, I don't know how you, uh, quantify that on some of that stuff, but you know, just the, just the feel you have of walking by the, through the facility, um, as well. So, yeah. Gotcha. So, um, how did you, when you decided, all right, I'm going to storage is going to be it. I'm transitioning out of residential real estate. Um, how did you go about getting yourself educated on self-storage? Um, I, I'd say anything and everything, bigger pockets that had anything self-storage related. It was a, definitely a, a keyword. And I tried to, uh, you know, I don't comment even if I had no idea or at least ask further questions. Um, any podcast that anyone had ever said the word storage on, I probably listened to in that time period. Um, it's funny, even literally in the last, like, I don't know, year, 18 months, like how much more uh, storage, just information there is on the internet now. Yep. Um, but, uh, so, so prior, but prior to that, yeah, those would probably be the main things. And I, and I went to a few conferences, uh, um, not, not, I haven't been to the one in Vegas. I was going to go this year, but obviously that got canceled. Um, but, uh, I went to a state conference and then, uh, Tracty, who's a, a builder out of Wisconsin, they put on a, like a day seminar where you kind of get to talk to uh, a few other owners and then, uh, them themselves. I went to a few of those. So, 
Uh, tried to do as much as I could. And I think there were a couple books that I bought off Amazon. I don't remember exactly their names now, but yeah. yeah, there's not, there's not a whole lot of books on self storage investing. Of course, AJ Osborne just came out with his, yep. uh, I think, uh, you know, and there's Scott Myers, who's got probably a yep. little ebook. Mike Wagner's got a little ebook and things like that. You know, I think that's the, the three big names that I know in, in self storage. Um, did you, you know, uh, did you pay for any coaching at all or did you just do you just learn you know pick up where you could no i didn't um i uh um and again maybe not I, in hindsight it probably wouldn't have been the worst thing to do but um but no i i didn't um and and again it's one of those things now there are a lot more programs too um that ne- that now you almost feel like you can decide between a few um i feel like back then there was maybe one maybe none i don't yeah. know but uh but no i didn't yeah um and so what do you think is the the biggest thing that you had to learn in order to be successful that you didn't know going in um i think uh probably just self-limiting beliefs on, um, at least for me, I had a lot of those with, with the residential stuff. Um, and, and, and part of that I think was what capped us where we were. I mean, there's a lot of people that ended up with a lot more residential stuff than we did. Um, so kind of unpacking those and then, um, and then on the flip side of that, once you own a facility is, um, having that belief that like your property is like, it's okay to raise rents. Um, it's okay to, uh, to run it like a business. Um, so, uh, I think both of those, and I'm not, and I, I did my best to run it like a business at the beginning, but like anything you, you live and learn. Uh, so, um, so those would probably be the two biggest things is kind of, uh, believe in, believe in yourself, um, and believe in your property, which also translates to believing in yourself, uh, as well. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot of, you know, I've found that, um, with everything we've done with real estate investing, there's that, there's always that kind of panic about, Oh my God, what have I gotten into? How am I going to yes. pay the bills? Uh, and then you get in there and, and money comes in and it covers the bills and, <laughs> and that makes you feel a little better. And then it makes, you know, gives you some more confidence to go on and do the next one and the next one, uh, and the next one. So, yes, I, I, I probably two months after we purchased this first one, um, I, I remember sitting at my kitchen table looking at, looking at everything. And I was like, what, like, was this really a good decision? Um, like you spent all that time researching. Um, and then, uh, but I, you know, luckily I haven't had that, uh, that quite of a same gut, gut feeling since. And, and, uh, but again, you know, you only know what you've, what you've done and you can listen to people, uh, Till they're blue in the face, but I think until you've experienced it yourself, it really doesn't matter. Um, yeah. and, and you've, you've, you've gone through, gone down some of those paths yourself. Um, it just, it, then, then some of those realizations of like, Oh, that's why they said this or like, Oh, um, I, I should have done that six months ago, but, yeah. uh, but yeah, that's life. So, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. So, uh, you're now at what's you said, seven facilities. You're about to close on your seventh. 
but yeah, uh, about to close on this. Just appraisal should be back anytime now, probably next week. Um, and then the seventh one will close. So, yeah. And so how many, you got a, a total number of square footage that will put you at? Oh, I should know that. Um, 400,000 roughly, four to 500,000 roughly. In, and you've done that in two years? Yes. <laughs> That's like I said, you're, you are quick <laughs> now. Yes. Uh, and, and, and one of the things I, I briefly mentioned sooner, you know, with our residential stuff, we didn't take on any partners. It was just my wife and I, mm-hmm. um, and I've really just, you know, commercial, commercial real estate is not cheap. So, uh, we've, we've been very open in, in taking on partners, um, and doing some joint ventures. Uh, you know, we're the primary operators and we're, we're the, doing the day to day, but, um, in order to continue to grow and kind of accomplish the things that we're going after, uh, you, you have to be open to, uh, to basically outside capital in some way, shape or form. So, um, so that, that has certainly helped. Um, and then also realizing that, um, you know, we, we, we feel like in these last couple of years, we've done a pretty good job at being able to identify, um, you know, what is a good investment, um, and what is something that you can actually turn the tide on and add value to it. So, um, so both of those things have have certainly helped. Yeah. Where, where are the key components that you're looking for where you say, yep, that's something that will allow me to add value? Yeah. So, uh, almost all of the, uh, almost all of the properties that we've bought or, or are about to buy have been, 98% plus occupied, um, and economically occupied way below that. Um, so, um, again, you, you know, the demand is there. Um, if they mention something about like having a waiting list, that should be ding, ding, ding to you. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, that, and again, and if there's a nice spread between what they're charging and then what, uh, maybe a nice, slightly nicer facility up the road is charging, or it doesn't even have to be nicer. Um, then, then those are the first couple things that to me say, um, okay, I'm interested. Let's find out all we can on it. So, yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you're now at, you're at seven facilities, 400, roughly 400,000 square feet of net rentables, uh, square footage. What, uh, how much time is this taking on a day-to-day basis? Uh, that's a funny question. I don't, I don't know how to answer that exactly because, you know, we have, I'm not, um, sweeping out units, so to speak, I have, and, and will if needed. Um, but so we kind of have all those tools in place and I'm not taking any customer calls. Um, but I am very involved in, uh, you know, rate management, uh, customer follow-up, um, employee follow-up. Um, so, uh, man, I, I, to give you an exact number, uh, my, my, whatever I say, my wife will say is more, uh, but, but, you know, I, I would say probably six, seven hours a day. Um, and some of that is me. Um, I'm an early riser. So some of that is, you know, an hour or two before my daughter's up that, um, you know, working on things, even if that's just like education in some way, shape or form. Um, so, um, so yeah, but, but then there are days where I'm like, I got to go, I'll go drive to the facility and you know, it's, it's a lot more than that. So, yeah, um, 
So it yeah, is so, a, uh, it is a full, I mean, it's a basically a full-time job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and yeah, you know, that's, that's weekends when you get that Saturday evening call from your manager and you're like, Oh gosh, what <laughs> luckily nothing terrible has happened. Um, but, um, but yes. So yeah. Do you, uh, do you envision any, uh, systems or processes to try and eventually sort of extricate yourself from that a little bit to free up your time a little bit? Um, no, I mean, I have, uh, plans to grow it to the point where, you know, maybe I have, um, a CFO or, or, you know, someone else to help with operations, but man, I, I enjoy it. Um, so I, I don't, I don't see myself not doing it and not that that's not exactly what you're asking, but, um, I enjoy spending some time with that. And I also enjoy the flexibility of, um, you know, not, not missing anything, or if my wife and I want to go have a lunch date or what, you know, whatever that is, but, um, but I enjoy the work too. Um, and especially the, the deal finding and then the, when you're, when your budgets and your, and your kind of forecasting come to fruition, that's also a really nice feeling. Um, so, so yeah, so I, I don't have any immediate plans to work less, I yeah. guess is what I should say. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. Well, and you've also got, you've taken on investors and there is some, yep. you know, some responsibility there to take good, you know, be a good steward of their, of their capital and things like that as well. So, yes. And, and, you know, giving them and yourself a distribution on a property that's going well also is a, is a fulfilling thing. So, yeah. um, so that, that certainly doesn't hurt. Yeah. Gotcha. So you are, uh, how far away is your furthest facility from you now? I mean, I know you recently moved kind of to the area where your, your facility is, but what's the furthest one away? Uh, so now I've got one that's five hours. Yeah. Five hours away. Um, it's in, yeah. It's in, it's in basically, uh, central, central Eastern Missouri. Um, so, um, previously it was, yeah, about three and a half and now it's about five. So, gotcha. um, so not terrible. Again, just one of those things that, uh, you just wake up a little bit earlier to leave and try and get back at a decent hour. But, gotcha. um, again, having all the people in place, uh, to prevent those, trips as often as you, uh, as possible, I guess is what I'm saying, uh, certainly helps. So, yeah. Uh, and how many do you have boots on the ground at essentially at every one you've got uh, an onsite manager? Yeah. Yeah. Onsite or, or a, uh, a guy, so to speak, that will, um, that will take directions from those, from whoever's answering the calls for that facility. So, gotcha. um, so yeah. Gotcha. Do you feel you've gotten to a point where, uh, you know, if you and your wife and your, your daughter decided to, you know, go off and, you know, if you wanted to take a cruise at some point and <laughs> in a period where we can take cruises again, <laughs> sure, uh, yeah. is it something you feel like you could go off and do, or is the business just need you to run? No, I think we could. Um, I think, um, and, and frankly, right now, anywhere, uh, as long as I have my cell phone, it, do, I, it doesn't matter, so to speak, where I'm at. But um, as long as, uh, so yeah, that, I, I mean, do you have, do you have uh, cell phone uh, coverage on a cruise? That might be the question, but, yeah. um, but I would feel fine, honestly, even if I didn't have cell phone coverage for a couple of weeks. 
Um, I would probably get a little antsy uh, beyond that, but, uh, but, you know, we have good people in place. So as long as, uh, you know, they're able to do what they need to do, then I, uh, I would feel fine with that. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Well, Zach, um, you know, thank you so much for sharing with us today. If any of our listeners want to get to know more about you and what you're up to, what would be the best way for them to reach out to you? Yeah, Neil, thank you again. Um, my name is Zach, Z-A-C-H, quick. Um, so LinkedIn, uh, Bigger Pockets, or Zach at ZachQuick.com. You can email me. Um, so reach out on any of those. I'd love to talk shop with anybody. Yeah, that's great. All right, thanks again, Zach. All right, thanks, Neil. Okay, that was Zach Quick from uh, ZachQuick.com. Uh, again, it's Z-A-C-H-Q-U-I-C-K.com. Uh, his website's under construction, but you can also check him out on LinkedIn. Um, it was certainly great talking to him and, and finding out his incredible story of just lightning fast, uh, self-storage, you know, like I said, multiple times he's living up to his last name. Um, you know, for me, a, a key lesson learned on this interview would be to, you know, pay attention to your limiting beliefs that you're telling yourself. Um, you know, Zach was, Zach had built up to a portfolio of 28 units of residential real estate. And, you know, it, that's pretty good. Most people would say that's, Hey, most people would say, Hey, I'm ready to retire. You know, I'm stop, you know, uh, just sit, kick back and stop working. But you know, Zach without really any formal training at all decided I'm going to buy storage. Um, and admitted that he didn't, didn't know everything when he started. And I think it's important to remember that you don't need to know everything. You're going to learn more by doing than you are by reading any book, going to any seminar, listening to any mentor. Um, just get out there and do it. I and mean, maybe don't go quite as big as Zach did. Zach bought a 30,000 square foot enclosed facility on four acres. I think that he added another acre to, um, but, uh, just don't talk yourself out of taking action on something. Uh, don't overanalyze it. I'm guilty of this, um, of just analysis paralysis. Just get out there and, and do it. Find a way to do it in such a way that you're not going to be completely sunk if things go wrong because you'll figure it out and, and you'll learn more doing than you ever will from, from, sitting down and trying to get educated and listening to podcasts though we're certainly glad you listened to ours so um how did he acquire his knowledge um he it's just bigger pockets uh mostly and uh he, i think there was one book um and he just went in and he asked questions anytime there was a he had a, a storage keyword on bigger pockets and just went through and and um uh did it that way so, uh, how much money did it take for him to get started in this chosen niche? He had a, uh, not a lot, $101,000 down, uh, which was a benefit of, uh, buying a facility using uh, owner, uh, seller finance. And he was able to 1031 exchange from the sale of his 12 unit apartment building. Um, you know, if you can find a facility where the owner, wants to avoid capital gains. That's one of the really great ways that you can get into self-storage without having to put down an enormous amount of money is, you know, talk to them and find out whether or not uh, they're open to seller finance. And um, because a lot of them don't realize that when they sell, if they sell with a broker and they just have this giant chunk of money that comes in is they're going to have to pay capital gains taxes uh, on that money. So 
to. Doesn't hurt to ask. Um, how much time does he spend on his real estate endeavors now that it's up and running? This is a full-time job for Zach, but he loves it. Um, and it sounds like one of the things he loves is that he has control over his time. Uh, so if he wants to go out and have lunch with his wife on an afternoon, he can do that. And uh, if they want to go on vacation, they can do it. But he loves uh, he loves looking for deals. Um, and and so, you know, for him, it's it's not as much of a, a grind, I would say. Uh, but he spends he said he spends six to seven hours a day and sometimes more if if there's stuff going on. Um is this the kind of strategy that he could do from anywhere in the world? He said, yeah, pretty much he could do it um, with any uh, anywhere that where he has a Wi-Fi connection and he has access to his phone because he has people on the ground who can call him uh, and they can they can basically handle most of the things for him. So, okay. Once again, that was Zach Quick. Check him out at ZachQuick.com or look him up on LinkedIn. Um, and uh, we're doing this all again next week. Brittany will hopefully be back next time. She we just had something going on with uh, our son and just wasn't able to, to join me. But uh, let's hit the road. Bye. Hey, before you go, if you like the show, we would be delighted if you'd head over to Podchaser and leave us an honest review. And do let us know why you like the show, how long you've been listening, and in particular, what you find really useful or entertaining. And let us know if there's anything you think we should change. Also, If you have specific questions about real estate investing, especially self-storage or short-term rentals, shoot us an email at info at roadtofamilyfreedom.com and we'll be happy to answer your question on the show. We might even turn it into an entire episode. Thanks for listening. We're doing this all again next week. Until then, safe travels.